you are listening to the Finders Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside, making global, local. Eins, zwei, drei. Around the world, Finders Keepers radio show. Welcome, one and all, to the show that is full of obscure record knowledge, half-baked opinions, light-hearted slander and Olympic-scale mispronunciations. This is the Finest Keepers Radio Show from the Keepers Cottage somewhere in the English countryside. I'm Pete Mitchell. I'm Andy Votel. Hello. I'm Doug Shipton. And here we are with a very special show. There's, the, the tension has been mounting. I've felt this in my water for weeks and months. It's almost like a, a volcano about to erupt. Uh, this... <laughs> beg your pardon. This is... This is Andy Motel. This is what? It's, it's the, the Germanic, Germanic Minor, Minor Crowd Rock, Rock Special. From the uh, Keeper's Cottage. So, Andy, explain what the next couple of hours uh, from the finest keeper's cottage uh, will entail. Well, as uh, an, well, a self-proclaimed musicologist and social anthropologist, <laughs> I, 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 wow. I have a profound statement which says, Krautrock is awesome, so let's play loads of it. Right, yes. So, let's do that. So, what does uh, you know the term Krautrock mean? What does it cover? Well, I don't know. You see, in Germany, the name reserved for Krautrock as we know it was Cosmisch. Okay. I mean, Krautrock. Krautrock is obviously, as many people know, not quite a term of endearment. Or is it a term of endearment? I mean, see, there was these Krautrock compilations in Germany called Krautrock and the the Faust track called Krautrock. Kraftwerk didn't like the term Krautrock, did they, Doug? Well, did uh, did the term precede John Peel dropping it? He's largely credited it with coining the phrase, isn't he? Is he? So was it adopted... Mm. I don't, know if, I don't know if Faust did that tune called Krautrock before or after the event. Who knows? Answers on a postcard. But Please, we, yes, yes. send them in. But yeah. we, we have to make that distinction between Deutsch rock, or do we have to make any distinction? I mean, Finders Keepers brief is always pretty wide. Mm. Deutsch rock, which is... Well, I know alt- boundaries alt- here. Yeah, altogether different. Yeah. German New Wave, and then you've got German Library Music, and then we've got DDR. I mean, does Eastern German music fit into the Krautrock? brief. Do people have these problems when they're discussing German cinema? I don't know. No, probably not. I don't know. Or do they? Why don't we just start by playing what I think is the best Krautrock record ever. This will be divided opinion, but for me this tickles my fancy, this floats my raft. It's Embryo with the special trip. Finders Keepers Second Class Sound Thank you. 
You're listening to the Finest Keepers radio show, live from the Keepers Cottage somewhere in the English countryside. This is our uh, Krautrock special, or uh, yeah. am I just falling down that sort of yeah. I mean, that... blinkered tunnel vision view of German music? See, that was Krautrock, undoubtedly Krautrock. Yes. Universal Artists was one major label who had, had everyone tied up. Amundul, Embryo, Can. I mean, you couldn't do much better. They had a good roster in there early. I reckon. But Embryo, such a varied band. I mean, they covered all aspects of world music. It's like the ideal little Finders Keepers um, in-house band, as it were, you know. Right. Incredible. But, yeah, they co- and I think that's why Krautrock is such an amazing thing, because it does cover so many bases. It's certainly, when, I remember Pete said, when we talked about doing this show last week, said, it's not going to be just rock, is it? Mm-hmm. It is Krautrock. But I suppose no... Kraut rock sounds like rock as we know it. I think it's, right, you know, yeah, they stretch the boundaries. That's what I was hoping you'd say. And it's all to do with Year Zero. It's well documented, the whole Cosmiche history, but it was grounded, it was day one. 60s? Did, Are we talking 60s here, late 60s? Uh, uh, well, I mean, yeah. mathematically, biologically, uh, late 60s, because mm-hmm. 20 years down the line, this is the first generation of young progressive people who are kind of like denying or reinventing Mm. their war-torn political past. So there's that big sense of change in the air. Oh, absolutely. Almost desperately so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and reinventing a brand new music, slightly influenced by American music, but with their own super twist on it, you know. An influence like, you know, Can was super influenced by... Stockhausen on one hand, but Velvet Underground on the other. And they had an American singer, Malcolm Mooney, almost approximating what rock music is Mm. with four classically trained German musicians. I mean, after that, it's like, you know, a whole world of possibilities Mm -hmm. open up. Mm. You know, these bands like Embryo, who we just heard with the song The Special Trip, really came into play. It's funny, Mm. the trip and the whole sort of Timothy Leary acid influence. Malcolm said to me that it wasn't that easy to, to, to score drugs in early Germany. He said that it was all in the imagination. And I suppose that also is is a good basis for making music. Making music on hallucinogens usually come right, out with right. pretty rubbish I was records. always led to, uh, under the impression that Berlin and its heroin phase throughout, the, the, especially the 70s, like, was, uh, an, uh, you know, it was just an outbreak of dirty basement clubs what? and a yeah. very gritty sort of alternative music scene. That's what I thought. A I black th- and white sort of quite, yeah. quite heavy going. I think that's uh, maybe Malcolm was going to the wrong, the wrong, <laughs> wrong shops. <laughs> I was using the wrong intergalactic supermarket. Did, did you, I don't did, know. Uh, do you share that that kind of crowd rock uh, opinion uh, that we're both discussing? Have you got? Uh, is, is your sort of your crowd rock slightly different to what we're, we're discussing uh, between yeah, us? Yeah, well, you you know me, Peter. I've, I've said it before. When it comes to genres, it, it's a tough one. I think. Yeah. That, that mean different things to different people and crowd rock in particular is a very difficult genre to pin down if you're sort of having elements of jazz rock, progressive rock, symphonic rock, avant-garde, it's sort of experimentalism. It's it's always changing. They seem like I, I was talking to somebody about crowd rock the other day and they, they threw in the name The Monks. Um, I, oh, well, maybe five, ten years ago, I don't think they'd have been described as a kraut rock band. I think they've been put in there purely by the token that they recorded their records there. They were based there, having served in the military, in the mm-hmm. US military, and it's just constantly evolving. I think probably Julian's got a lot to do with that, though, hasn't he? Mr Cope did yes. use that as context for his Kraut Rock sampler book. But what I like to think is the immediate 
predecessors of Krautrock are probably coming from a, ve- a much less political place, you know, almost like the easy listening, you know, the the, the jazz thing, and just try to, you know, establish mm. a good universal pop language. Yeah. I mean, those uncharted pop exploitation records mm-hmm. with no compass made for great radical experimental ideas, mm. um, you know, Vampires of Dartmoor or the Vampire Sound Incorporated. I mean, they, 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 they you know, they had future Krautrock heroes at the helm. Mm. That record that we just heard was Christian Bouchard's Embryo, but it featured a sitar guitar player mm. called Siggy Schwab, and he nice was the name. guy who played all the music on the Vampires Lesbos right. stuff, you know, alongside... Fred Braceful, who was later in the band X Magma. So we're name dropping some heavy, heavy, heavy hitters early doors here. But um, why don't we listen to a bit of X Magma? Yeah. From global glam to failed pop, around the world, this is the Finders Keepers radio show, making global local.
This is the Finest Keepers Radio Show. We are uh, here from the Keepers Cottage somewhere in the English countryside. This is our Kraut Rock special, but, you know, as, as we go along, we will see how broad this... Uh, I'm not going to say it's a broad church, a tatty, uh, worn-out yeah, phrase. Why don't you can refer to it as Cosmiche? Yeah, Cosmiche is good. Ex magma there. This is taken from Gold Ball, which happens to be one of my all-time favourite record sleeves. It's, uh, it's the best. Three of them uh, in some sort of Jim Henson-esque sort of set up with stilts. Yeah. It's a great look. It's a black guy with a Terry Nutkins haircut on a <laughs> pair of stilts mm. with pink cords on. I'll have it. Yeah, in I'm front it. of all their entire studio <laughs> rig, which they've put in the front garden, mm. like they've mum and dad have told them to get out the garage. Stunning. And with no explanation to the fact that they've called mm. the album Golden Balls. Right. Or Gold Ball. Right. Gold Ball, to be yeah. precise. Yeah. It's weird, like Fred, you, you mentioned his name earlier, Andy, again, is from a long line like Malcolm Moon, like the monks, expats who ended up in Germany and just sort of landed themselves, I believe, sort of with more of a jazz background, who mm. sort of integrated themselves with the German seed. Now, because Fred Bracewell went on to form an awesome band called Etc. with Wolfgang Downer, who we've previously discussed in the jazz Woo! show. So he's a heavy, heavy player in that scene. It doesn't get a great deal of props, in my opinion. But he, he, he straddled genres, didn't he? Which was why, why the Krautrock scene was, was, was so fruitful. For a closed scene, it's named Krautrock, but it borrows from... Basically, a load of other scenes. It just happens to be one big amalgamation that sort of snowballs into its own sort of monster, if you will. Monster. Mm. <laughs> talking of monsters. <laughs> <laughs> no, talk, talking of monsters. Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned Vampires of Dartmoor, you know, mm. as the erotica. I mean, we've, we've talked about Vampires of Dart- Dartmoor in the in the 10th anniversary an show. Important re- part, an an important release for the label. Yeah, really important release for the for the label. Yeah. In that horotica genre, yeah. alongside people like um, Horror Charlie and uh, the Vampire Sound Incorporated. I consider this next record to be a precursor to uh, to the Kraut Rock scene, if not a Kraut Cider record. Right. This is Dance of the Vampires in all its Polanski-esque glory by the Vampires of Dartmoor from 1969. Finders Keepers, making old records feel young.
bass line. Plucky bass line there. Bouncy, bouncy bass line. Yeah, yeah. Been in somebody's sampler, that that has. Can't remember who. Somebody's had it. Someone's had it, yeah. Have they? Yeah, yeah. It's killer. Yeah, this is our crowd rock special, by the way. Yes, it is. Have you been to Germany recently? No, I've never been to Germany. You've never been to Germany. I uh, always wanted to go to Berlin. Wow, I, I went on a school residential to the. You've to been on a school residential to the Black Forest in nineteen eighty-six, <laughs> and I bought some cassettes. Nee, nee, nee. Well, uh, yeah, I went on a school residential back in the eighties. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 did you? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I saw loads of crowd rock records, and was that like loads? Volker Krieg, I saw all of them. Mm. Entire runs of ECM, like all the brain things. Record shops full of them. It was fantastic. Do you know what I bought? I don't know. Loads of British hip hop. Did you? Well, yeah, I didn't know what them records were in them yeah. days. But you remember looking at them? I remember it, seeing it went them. In, it went in there. Oh man, I was like, what are they, you know? Yeah. But imagine seeing a picture of Wolfgang Downer when you're like 14 or something with his big pot belly and bald head, you know. It's not a great look, is it? No, well, not really, but you know. You're not too dissimilar <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming in. Doug, Doug your first German experience. What was she uh, called? What she called? <laughs> oh, please keep it clean. Got a nice girlfriend. Nice German though. experience. Yeah. Well, I go quite often. Um, Andy and I have got um, a very good friend of ours, Sebastian Raya, in, based in Hamburg, right. who represents the awesome Golden Poodle Club that we yeah. um, frequent. Yeah, he's, he's, you and you and Seb and Felix have played a big part in reviving that interest in labels like Zigzag from the 80s. Should we, mm. should we get in the time machine and jib forward for a bit before mm. we go back to the, uh, yeah. the the lineage of Cosmiche? Yeah, here we go. This is by Wirtschaftswunder. Bringen Sie das Foto noch in der Abendausgabe? Ja, aber das wird nicht nötig sein, Chef. Irgendeine Art und Weise hat es sich herumgesprochen, dass ein Hippie-Mädchen ermordet worden ist. Aber wenn es 
stehen unter dem dringenden Verdacht, das Mädchen getötet zu haben. I love that record. Ticks all the boxes for me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could see you wobbling your head there yeah, to it. Yeah, uncontrollably. It's a good, a good dance floor record. Packs mm. them in by my standards. <laughs> 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 my my a quarter full. Is that, is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah. yeah. Anyone uh, unfamiliar with Zigzag should just spend, I guess, five minutes, and you'll find. I guarantee you'll find something amazing. Um, Independent through and through, based out of Hamburg, still going to this day. Absolutely amazing. NDW, new wave, cold wave, experimental. Just check it out. Cool. Mm. Do you know when you go to a, ca- a catalogue shop, <laughs> have they got most of the stuff out the back? Do they keep everything in the catalogue? Uh, I'd say thing? 87% out really? the back, yeah. The clothes and well, toys. Yeah, shoes. Like, like, large, like gardening equipment. Yeah, uh, white goods. Out, uh, white goods. What? A lot of white goods outside. Is yeah. that the door? Yeah. Is that the door? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I know who it is. I'm not going to go down. The, you're Doug. Okay, guys. So, get off you go, Doug. Hello, hello, that's how you say hello in German. Wie heißt du? I know what you're doing this time, because I talk so Pete, and he said you're doing a German special, so don't try and trick me, because I know what you're doing. So I'm prepared, well prepared, more prepared than I have ever been. Tapeworm, how the devil are you? I'm all right, V.I. Stu. Uh, 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 yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I think that means what you're called. Uh, Pierre. I, I, oh, that's French. Ich möchte ein Grosstorte und ein Flasche Bier. Do you know what that means? Uh, can I have a drink of beer, please? I don't know what it means. Well, how, how, are you doing? how are you doing, Doug? I'm all right. You are here. here. You are here more and more every single time. You're always in. Now, have you moved to the area? Oh, I'm not thinking about it. You like it round here, like the creepers' cottage, I, do you? I keep getting lost. It's hard to find, you know. Good, good. So there's, no, there's no road signs around here. No, there is no. <laughs> <laughs> so German, so take one. Germany, you've, you've been there. You've got friends there. You go regularly. What are you trying to say? I'm not. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> what, no, I mean, what are you asking? What is it? Uh, Have I been to Germany? Yeah. What do you think? My, I don't know how you would travel there. No, exactly. I can't go on aeroplanes, Pete. You explode? Because, no, well, the thing is, I'll swell to the size of a cucumber <laughs> and possibly a marrow, and it'll be, there'll be bits of worm all over the cockpit. Uh, it'll look like uh, an accident at a hot dog mm. factory, so I don't want to go too far with that. So, um, no, I'm not getting a plane and going to Germany anytime soon. Um, if you wear a surgical stocking, it'll stop the swelling. Well, you could... Yeah, you could wrap me in a Rizzler or something like that. I don't know. Or stick me in um, one of them balloons what kids use to make dogs out of. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I could, or you could do that. But um, I don't want to risk it. Yeah. I don't want to risk it. Would you travel... Risking that is something I don't want to do. Would you like to travel in a Jurex? Uh, what, a pet... Old English sheepdog? <laughs> <laughs> a Jurex dog? What are 
are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing, move on. Right. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Closest I've been to Germany is when some fella dropped off a box set of Alfida saying pet videos on the tip <laughs> recently. I watched a bit of it, it just looks like a bloody building site, Germany. Yeah. But what I will say is I know for a fact from some of my contacts that is fantastic music. I mean, if you listen back through the Finders Keepers radio show, I've already dropped two German killers on you, if you didn't remember. I did, I but, did, but, I did remember. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. the thing about Germany, what I know most, is they do a good plonk. Yeah, yeah. Or, or good beer. Have you got a, a, a slight fetish for Lederhosen? No, but they do good beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 OK, yeah. Uh, the uh, amount of times I've come back drinking with my German worm mates, I'm absolutely maggot-brained. Yeah. I tell you, it's oh, it's some every stuff proper. Vice beer, you know what that means? Uh, it means beer. white beer. No, it means uh, white beer, Pete. Uh, that's okay. it. Just me, that's all it means. Do you, do you like the odd bit of schnitzel? Schnitzel, um, I've never had it. Right, okay. Yeah, uh, I don't eat. I don't eat human food. <laughs> oh, you're vegetarian. <laughs> I am a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too well, sure. Where are we going with this? <laughs> Still haven't even got anything to play. Come on, you yeah. have to put take worms seriously. I know you just. Uh, this is ad hoc. You just turn up at the door at the keeper's cottage. You've been down shuffling around, digging through all that dirt down the tip, down the road, and you've not even thought about something. You've got something that, that you've not even cleaned up. There, you've got a bag full of bits of tapes and uh, bits of food and packaging. What, I know, I know. Can I you know. dig something out of your I little know. bag? Well, stage fright. Oh well, don't don't be because you're never pressured. You're a complete natural. You always pull something out of the the tip in the end. Do you remember that objectionable character? What turned up last week? The last time we did the show. How can I forget him? Maggot, uh, electro maggot. Mm. Oh, sorry, I can only apologise for his behaviour. The thing, the, re the one of the main reasons why I got chatting to him on tip in the first place is because he was down with his crew called the Cassette and Tartar. I beg your pardon. It's called the Cassette and Tartar, and they're Germanic. Oh. They are a bunch of fellas who are obsessed with cassettes, and they are known if you would translate it as the tape like cassette delinquents. Oh, I, I can understand why you. you you, you sort of uh, share the same view. Yeah, cassette and tart and tart, whatever. <laughs> That's what it means. Um, cassette delinquents. Anyway, there's these dudes called uh, the uh, pyrelators. And Peter, that doesn't mean that they can relate to pies, <laughs> like my wiggly wiggin friends. Oh. No, it's, it's actually just one fella, and oh. it, it translates to something like the arsonist, so you can tell how rowdy oh. these cats are. Um, give it a, let's just give it a blast. <laughs> right, look, pop it in. Right, push me over, hand me over it, I'll press play this time. <laughs> <laughs>
hoffen, dass die Feuerwehr es schafft, diesen Brand zu löschen. Ich hoffe, dass das Feuer es schafft, das Haus dahin zu Another fine selection. I have to say, you're very consistent with your your tapes from the tip. Yeah, yeah, German, German, German tapes again. There fitting in with your show. That tune was called Vati S. Brent. Mm-hmm. It's a German title. Um, do you want to know what it is? Can you, what you can? Uh... I'll just go on Google Translate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it means. Um, but it means, Dad, it burns. That can't be right. No. Mm. Too near a bonfire. Rum jockeys. Um, yeah, so that's uh, straight and straight coming at you, straight out of Wuppertal. Straight out of the heart of Wuppertal with them that post-punky mm. agro music. But I think, uh, you know, I'll go as far as saying it's um, fandabby dozy. <laughs> yeah. Very cranky style there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The main reason I will not go to Germany, though, because I've heard on, on authority that the, the hills are full of leopards. Ooh, really? <laughs> leopards. I never realised. Yes, there's a lot of leopards out there, and I will not no. be. I will not. I'm not going to take the bloody risk no. of hanging around leopards. Because you, you, your lifespan is only like three weeks, anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So you got to watch. You got to. <laughs> time is that time is precious, isn't it? You don't want to get leopards spoiling it. Yeah, I've got a healthy diet. <laughs> now, the thing is, you're carrying on with this German show, and uh, thank the Lord I'm leaving the building right now, and you can play some of your... Uh, you know these records you play, Pete mm? and Doug? They're rare for a reason, you know. <laughs> They're rare for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Because I'm no comment. They're just at least remember when you're trying to be clever, you record collect it. I'm a little addressed the listeners now. When you try to be clever, they are rare for a reason. 
What reason would that Rare be? Rare for a reason. No, that's it, Pete. Yeah. The rare for a reason. All right? Be careful. Right, okay. Keep your head in check. <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? Yep. Right, OK, then. Well, I'm getting out of here. I might go for a vice beer myself now. Can I join you? Yeah, come for a swim. <laughs> you and your dirty friends? What? I don't know what he's talking about, Doug. <laughs> I'll say bye. See you, Doug. See ya. Ta-ra, Pete. Bye. See you later. Bye. This is the Finders Keepers radio show. So can you press the time machine button there? Yeah. Let's right, but yeah. let's go back, 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 right. Let's go back to the Cosmish era and play some Amandul. Eyes, that's an amazing mm. record. That's an amazing. I love going back record. in a time machine. It's one of my favourite things. Time machines. That, that cardboard box of yours, you put one thing in one end. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> something else comes out the yeah, other end. It's amazing. It is so good. It's amazing. As seen live at yeah. Festival Number Six. Yeah. The yeah. time machine. Exactly. Mm. You, you'd, you'd think that from so far what we've played, it, 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 very. I'm not ma- keeping you awake here. Very, me. very male-dominated plane. You would have would be led to believe. Shall Which we, we generally try and avoid, like the plague. Yeah, exactly. I, I promise the second half of the show uh, we'll uh, we'll take a different. Can we bring route. on the gals? Yeah. Should we? Should we? Should we have? Uh, should we, let's um, let's do that right now. Okay. Cosmos, 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 Cosm
This is the Finders Keepers radio show from the Keepers Cottage somewhere in the English countryside. That's nice. Yeah, a bit, fem- bit more of a feminine angle. It's been a while. We need, yeah. Certainly on this show. But I think it was like, I wouldn't say it's a bizarre love triangle, but that that, that was definitely a bit of a turning point for Manuel Gottschig um, out of um, Ashra Temple. I think what happened is he got his new girlfriend in and Klaus Schulze sort of did one or oh. something like that. I don't know. Mm. She's a... Uh, She's on the cover of the record. She, if you just have a look at this album, she seems like she's in it all its square format glory. She looks like she's kind of bats into a corner there, really, doesn't she? Mm, it's like one of those full-length changing mirrors. Yeah, she's kind of sat in the corner. I wonder mm, if she... She feels isolated, pushed out of the, the love triangle. She's not smart. I don't think... I don't think uh, Klaus Schultz would have been very nice to her. No, I don't know. look like... Yeah, maybe I'm You're wrong. casting aspersions here, rather, aren't you? I'm not saying anything sinister. I'm just saying she looks a bit lonely. Don't drag me into it. Yeah, um, yeah Rosie. It, yeah, so do you think it's time for... Uh, oh, you got some more? Drama. It's all the drama. Right. So. <laughs> Talking of drama, I was... Um, me and me and Jane Weaver, my lovely wife... Um, Silver globalist. Yeah, she. we were in a, in a play... Just before Christmas, after Christmas, actually. I've been wanting to show me off like with that. Candy Lion with our good friend uh, Griff Reese. You told me it was uh, a very pleasant experience, it was the amazing. whole thing. Yeah, it was like Hodorowski meets William Klein meets bloody the Banana Splits. Wow. Meets so the the Candy Lion is the main character? Yeah. Big puppet? Is it bit bigger? It turns into an inflatable. Wow! Massive. Does it grows yeah, yeah. and grows. Huge. Yeah, yeah. But everything's like um, pink military elements in there. And I thought lot. it was a pantomime. You're saying it's a play. It's like a revolutionary pantomime. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, is it going to roll out in future months and years? Is I don't know. Griff Griff sort of said maybe it wouldn't, but it was brilliant. Anyway, it was brilliant. And you were on stage with your wife having dinner. Uh, no, in the end, we were just caught in the court at the back of the, the lion's throat. And, oh, yeah, so that's not nice, is down it? A, down a mine or something. Wow. Talking to Griff. Is it Nostradamus or is it just a knockoff? This is Sitaras in the Hades. So, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. it's Sitaras in their eyes time. Yes. Now then. There's lots and lots and lots of Krautrock cover versions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and that is the, the rule of sitars in their eyes for people who haven't listened before is we're going to pick a track which. Uh, well, you say a, we, you. I. I don't know it. Which is a suspicious rendition mm-hmm. um, of, 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 of another famous tune. So this tune basically that I'm going to fade up now suspiciously sounds like something else. Pete, you've got to guess what it is. Bit of a tough one, this. I don't mm, okay. very by the band Trash. It's called Living in the Garden. It has yeah. something of um, see Emily play the Pink Floyd, that little bit. Uh, maybe something of Born to be Wild. Am I on the right tracks? Play it out for a bit. Uh, 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 
four tunes going on in my head at the moment. Well, it sounds like four records played at the same time. Right. Right. Go on. I've no idea. I don't, you know I'm that's not very good at these. That's you, the bit, then. Give me shelter. Yeah. It's not give me shelter, though, is it? Oh, sympathy for the devil. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> no, I didn't really. Only after uh, you know the clue the size of an elephant <laughs> from you. But yeah, there's a. Uh... Yeah. Well, I can guarantee that. Mick and Keith and Alan and, <laughs> and Eric. Clive, don't, don't, get, don't, 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 get any, don't get any credit on that. I don't know. I, I'm always interested in what came first, but let's not let's yeah. not go down there. I think yeah. uh, that could be quite litigious. And that was the end of that.
of course, was, well, that was Dave Tyak, the late, great Dave Tyak, a very close friend of mine who sadly passed away uh, probably about 13 years ago. Remind uh, me of uh, Dave Tyak's past. Dave Tyak was in a band called Dakota Oak, and he's from oh, yes. Hanover. Yes. Uh, a, a place called Amdeister, a little forest, mm. uh, uh, via Ashbourne. Right, so, okay. Yeah. They were on your label? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, Dave remember, was on yeah. about in about five bands on mm. the label, and he was in Misty Dixon and um, various other things. We've just released uh, some un some previously uh, unheard music by Dave under the name Luxury Apartments, working in close uh, close collaboration with his family, who's still out mm. in Ashbourne. But that record then was um, was called Avenue, and it was a collaboration with Dave and Rick Tomlinson from Voice of the Seven Woods, right, and uh, Naomi. Tommy Hart also plays on that as well, who's um, since been in bands like Tr Sisters of I like Trances. to think, you know, when uh, there's a series of uh, Bob Dylan's radio shows out, isn't there? I don't know. Where they play uh, compilations of what Bob Dylan has played on his shows over the years. When we get to about five years and we do a compilation of uh, the Finance Keepers radio show compilation, that mm -hmm. would probably be on it, wouldn't it? Yeah, and th at that point you can tell me who Bob Dylan is. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Your ignorance of the mainstream uh, beggars belief. How dare it's out, it's out there. How it, is, it, it, it is for everybody to admire. I know you're on the periphery, and How you do very well on the periphery, but the mainstream is out there blossoming day in, day out, Mr Votel. How dare you, Peter? <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. I've, got, I've got lots of records by popular, popular, popular contemporary musicians, I'll have you know. I was just trying to think of the most mainstream artist you played on this show in uh, just over a year of shows. I can't think. Would it be a Paul McCartney or a Townsend track? Or You're thinking of the John Mc the show we did with John McCartney. Yeah, which was the... Was it that the Art, the Art for Art's sake show? Do you know what? Uh, this next record I've got lined up as a result of what you're saying to me right now... Right. Right. I, I can actually trace this back to a John McCready encounter. Yeah, because J me and John used to do our B music nights, which are now probably about it's about fifteen years ago. He introduced me to this unlikely Connie Plank production, right. which features two members of Can and the band are commonly known as the Arrhythmics. <laughs>
That's truly amazing. Yeah. I don't use like superlatives like fantastic because it's not inappropriate, but it's, it's great. It really is kind of, it has that kind of lo-fi DIY sound to it as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I think all the ingredients which would bring a kraut rock purist to this show have mm. been denied with that one tune. They sing in French for a start, yeah. and uh, that's, that's, that's not, um, yeah. not your archetypal kraut rock, but credentials-wise, Jackie Lieberzeit from Cannes on drums, Holger Chukai playing whatever instrument he wanted to play that week, whether it be some knitting needles or a telephone mm. or Ingadida bass guitar, and recorded at Connie Plank Studio. So mm. there you are. I mean, bloody hell. Uh, if you'd it. have covered that up, which they used to do in the Northern Soul scene years and years ago, to cover up the labels to hide its, uh, where, you know, the label and where it's from to, to escalate the price, if you'd have said that it was either Letitia Sadier or Stereolab, I would have been, yeah, fine, yeah, absolutely yeah. sold on no, it. No, no, you're absolutely right there. It's uh, it's very much... It's like nothing else. Mm. It's like Letitia, Letitia... It's like Stereolab. Lab, maybe X-ray pop, but mm. then you know the production's obviously impeccable. But as you say, it's also got that lo-fi sound, f- sound, mm. sound, found sound thing on the on the on the chorus. Then, did that happen much at Northern Soul nights where people would cover up a Eurythmics record? Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, they <laughs> no, didn't. I was right, only, okay. I was only right. reading, reading yeah. something because the the whole right. the. Um, uh, I would imagine they were <laughs> trying to think <laughs> at one time towards the uh, the uh, the latter stages of Wigan Cedar when they were playing Tony, Tony Blackburn <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. records and uh, all yeah. sort and, and yeah. uh, Scottish. Oh, there we go. There we there, there was a Scottish or an Irish singer that that was played on the Northern Sun Sea, which was not too uh, not too unusual. What's okay. this negligible mod jam? Yeah, that's, oh, oh, that, that's when uh, I completely given up on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I was a part-time Northern Soul. I was playing. I was collecting Manchester punk records at the time as well. Yeah, can have certainly got the the, mm. the place in punk. I mean, the fall. I am Damo Suzuki. You know, yeah, yeah. all them early, all the best early punk bands. I think. I, I can't believe we just uh, essentially listened to a Can record there. It was a Can record. Mm. It's post Can. Mm. Yeah. I think post Can. It should be a genre in itself. Well, you invent many genres, so <laughs> yeah, post Can. It's a new yeah. one. I it's think a... they changed a lot in, in music. Should yeah. we listen to some? Let's listen to some pre Can. Right. Um, before the inner space, they used to be called before they right. became known as Can. Uh, should we check a bit of that out? In fact, I know someone who's a good authority on Can, a very good authority. Really? On can. Uh, I, I, I take it. I know what the answer is going to be here, but but I mean, there's there's kind of like two branches of Can that early Can. There's the Damo Suzuki and the, mm-hmm. and the Malcolm Mooney, right. Malcolm Mooney camp. You being being uh, um, uh, avid funk collector, I'm yes. guessing you fall more in the Malcolm Mooney camp. Well, yes. Um, okay. I mean, although the the earlier stuff, uh, the, the people who I've interviewed over the years always go for the early can stuff. Nobody, I don't think anybody, when I used to do a show where people would pick their records, it would always be early can, never latter can. So that's a an interesting sort of right. definite uh, yeah. uh, boundary there. To absolutely. Mm, mm. Pre-can, early yeah, can, post-can. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they're genres. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll summon. I'll summon up. I've got a surprise for you. Okay. This record will summon up, sum, summon up the the, oh. the, very, the very best. So here's some pre-can.
You're listening to the Finders Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside. I'm Pete Mitchell. We have Andy Votel and we have Doug Shipton. Everybody's around. So, uh, uh, weighty, solid, heavy and light. Yeah. Mm. That's a bit oxymoronic, isn't it? There's a it, lot going on yeah. there. It's a library record right. with a track in small letters credited to Ermin Schmidt, who was obviously the main man in Cannes, right. or one of the main men, mm. the founders of Cannes. Uh, so, yeah, that's the only Cannes library record, that. And, and the band were called Inner Space, and it was for a soundtrack for a film called Karma Sutra. Right. So, uh, B-movie, sort of cashing on the sort of, kind of like soft porn take on, mm. the, on, the, on the whole Karma Sutra thing. So, yeah, pre-Cannes. And... As I mentioned, I've got a pro- uh, uh, I'm going to keep a promise to you because I've got a special yeah. special guest. I've got the phone queued up here. If you will just press that button, I will press there. that button. Ooh, that's exciting. Do you know who it's going to be? No idea at the moment. Hello. It's Malcolm Mooney, the, the original, original singer in the legendary kraut rock band called Can. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Is that the little star of Bethlehem? Uh, Froggy stole Tony's uh, <laughs> last 50 cents. I don't know, man. <laughs> this is Froggy and Toady. That's we'll you two guys. That's yeah. Us, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll it some, is, it is. We'll have to some, um, some watermelon seeds, some tangerine yeah, seeds. Uh, forget it, you know, forget it, because I can't remember my lines anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> We've been playing a lot, of, a lot of German music today, tons of music which you could class as Krautrock, and, and when, when we ring up a, a Krautrock legend, people might think we're going to dial a German number, but... You you are American, but from Yonkers near New York. That's correct. Don't say. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> they might. They might invade the town or something. Yeah. I don't Cats know. out of the bag now. And, <laughs> and now you live in Canada. Is that correct? Uh, Canada. Yeah, I live in Canada now. <laughs> Nada. I didn't realize until you said that just now that. Yeah, I live in Cannes. <laughs> because I don't remember stuff anymore. You know. That's why I use a um, a music stand now. I said to some audience once. I said, "Oh yeah, man." I remember seeing Pavarotti, the three tenors singing, they had, they had the music in front of them. I said, well, if they can do it, you know, I mean, why can't I? You know? <laughs> Did you used to play the clarinet early early days? Early days I played the clarinet. You know, my dad was a, he loved piano, and my dad brought back an Ornette Coleman record. And so I said, oh, man, who is that guy? Because I was playing uh, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Mm. Anyway, so my dad put on Ornette Coleman. He said, try listen, listen to this for a minute. And I said, oh, man, Jesus. So when I was in the uh, sixth grade, I was, in the, I was in the orchestra. And I thought that since Arnett could play some stuff like he was homilotics, like he was playing, I could do that too instead of playing what they <laughs> told me to play. <laughs> so I got pointed out. They pointed that I got, I got shaken down at, the, at the, 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 the musical director, pointed at me as we were playing. I was trying to play a Coleman tune. Right, I yeah. thought I was going off on that track. You know, I thought, oh, man, yo. And he looked at me and said, no, 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 no. You silencio, Malcolm. You be quiet over there. Let the rest of the orchestra play, okay? Uh, I played the clarinet up until uh, my music director said, uh, uh, Malcolm, uh, you should put the clarinet down. <laughs> um, it, did, did you not play clarinet on tracks like Penum off the delay session? That sound, I know the sound you're talking about. And I might have done something with saxophone there, but I never played clarinet. I didn't have a clarinet there, as far as I remember. I had a saxophone there, because Jackie um, played trumpet also. Um, I, in fact, I played 
saxophone on stage in, in Zurich uh, at the uh, Schauspielhaus when we did the Cannes Opera. Cannes Opera? What was the Cannes Opera? I think you know this. We were doing the show for um, the uh, Schauspielhaus in Zurich. We would do an hour-long free concert for, the, for anybody. To, anybody could come into the theater and, and, and be there. And we called it the Cannes Opera. The uh, stage crew built this uh, 10, 20, 10 to 15 feet high can in the middle of the stage. It was a uh, like the front of a can, so it was a semicircular piece, right? Wow. In fact, I wonder if there's any photographs of that night. And I know I had the saxophone that was playing the saxophone. There was a, a flyer that um, this, this woman made, uh, Francois Reiser made, and it was like a um, fold-out. It was a folded piece, beautiful piece, mm. beautifully done piece. But that was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was the Cannes Opera, you know. Wow. And, um, We've just played a tune from the soundtrack to Kama Sutra, and, you, you know, the film. That I, I remember yeah, you round yeah. at my house that time, and I played you this, this footage for the first time, and you'd never seen yourself on this film. And there was a, there was a singer there called, I think she might have been called Mar Margarita Yuvan or something. I think she was singing a song called <laughs> I'm Hiding My Nightingale. I, but... I, yeah, 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 she was hiding it too. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it's fun, it's interesting because I remember vaguely being at that set. I think David plays uh, David uh, uh, plays flute on that piece. Is that I David think, Johnson? Uh, Johnson, yeah, I think he plays flute on that piece. And um, Herman was able to get being associated with um, Wim Vendors. I think he was able to get a lot of the soundtrack stuff together. He and Hildegard, you know. Um, I remember being there. In the early days, I remember playing in different places that I didn't have any idea about. I mean, you know, I, don't, I didn't know Germany at the time. I didn't know how to get around that well. Hmm. I just remembered somebody saying, okay, come on, let's load up. We're going down to play some set to do some music, you know. And uh, there was a, a concert in Cologne that we did. Uh, I didn't realize it because I don't speak German that well, but they invited the, uh, invited the audience to the stage. All of a sudden, the, the, the uh, audience started to come up on the stage, which I was got me nervous. I said, what the hell am I doing up here with these, this crowd of folks running up here? <laughs> so I left. I, you know, I, I abandoned ship, man. Right. So um, then a newspaper article came out, I, I don't know how long after that, maybe a day or two later, claiming, called me, and I, I called me a Heincher, which was that singer known for doing something uh, wrong. And, anyway, so I... I got offended because I had no idea they were supposed to come up on stage. I just, uh, th that was news to me. I said, let me get the hell out of here. I'm not going to get chased down by the local, uh, whatever they were. The newspaper uh, reviews makes me think of the, the track Mother Up Duff, which we're going to play <laughs> in a bit. I, I've always been led to believe that, that the lyrics are almost read verbatim out of a German newspaper. Is that correct? But that was, that's the deal. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was uh, but it was, uh, you know, um, over-exaggerated by me. Um <laughs> It was an article about a family driving back from, from uh, Italy. But the whole thing started, I mean, I just read that part of it, and then I said, oh, yeah, let me invent something <laughs> from this. Um, I've been trying to figure this one out, too, for a long time, is that um, storytellers, uh, signifying monkey, um, give me that wine, all the way back to um, shopping for clothes by the coasters, which I think is a fantastic, one of my favorite uh, talk-through songs, uh, some of these songs that have these stories, uh, up to up to um, Velvet Underground, The Gift. Right, yeah. They were, um, to me, um, uh, inspirational. I never tried to do something like that on, on tape. So uh, one day I said, oh, let's, let's try this. And um, to me it worked because I thought Mother Updove, you know, uh, 
I could see the octopus jumping out and grabbing the grand, you know, the grandmother, bringing her, <laughs> tearing it back into the ocean. That's what that that whole uh, riff there made it made it possible. But I mean, you know, insanity struck at the time, and I thought maybe that would be a good uh, insanity <laughs> struck at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just as better than fiction. They did, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So we we should play a bit of uh, Mother Up Love then. This was born nineteen sixty nine. Mr. and Mrs. Upduff and Grandmother Upduff decided they were going on a vacation. Mother Upduff hadn't been out of Dusseldorf for 80 years. They packed the car, their tent and equipment, and started driving off to Italy. Mother Upduff was reading about the mafia on her way to Italy. Off they went. Driving in their automobile. Finally, they got to Italy. Beautiful old Italy. Fantastic sights. Pompeii, they went to. They went to Pompeii. They went to Venice. They went to Sicily. They went to Florence. Their final stop was Rome. Off to Rome. Rome. There they were in Rome. Old paintings. Old buildings. Fantastic sights to see. Mother Uptuff decided she was going out on the beach for a walk. Out she went for a walk. Mr. and Mrs. Uptuff decided they would follow. Off they went behind Mother Uptuff, trailing behind her. Mother Uptuff was walking down the street, looking in all the shop windows. Finally, or is it the beginning, Mother Uptuff was standing there, watching in the fish market, Gigantic octopus leaped out of the pool and snatched Mother Upduff up. Little did they know what to do. Mother and Father Upduff looked, not having any money at all, decided that they would have to wrap her up in their tent and carry her back to Dusseldorf. Wrapping her up in the tent, putting her on top of the car, and fiercely driving off to Dusseldorf. Zoom! Off they went back to Dusseldorf. On the way to do stuff, as they were still in Italy, they drove into a cafe to have a cup of coffee. Drinking their cup of coffee up, coming back outside, their car had been stolen with their luggage. You're listening to the Finest Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside. That was um, unique, different, I'd say. You know, it's the the oohs aren't far from the sympathy no, for the devil not, thing we played earlier. I was but thinking that. But very much free jazz as well. Yeah. So you got that. It's fair to say that you know that's mm. that's archetypal can mixing influences. Yeah. You know, he's what? just going for it there. No, nothing written down. What, just... do, do you agree, Malcolm? I mean, in Germany, yeah. you must have must must have been hanging out with some other challenging composers. 
We also did a gig with Stockhouse and stuff. Uh, that's in fact connection. I think is come, comes from that. Really? Right. Connection was born out of the Stockhausen thing. Well, we we, we played a gig in in Cologne. Um, we were the first to come on. It was in an auditorium. There was no stage. We were just down on the on the ground level. But I remember Connection was the, the tune we did at that at that gig. crew came in right after we finished. A crew came in. Stockhausen's people came in and lined the, the aisles on both sides of this auditorium with these speakers and then played something from Stockhausen. They played, and I think it was, um, you know, in the theater, how the sound will go from one speaker to the next. Right. Like if it's like a train, they're in unison so that the, the sound would progress from the front of this auditorium to the back through these speakers. So it would, it would sound like something was coming coming toward you. And I remember that that being one of the events of my early days in Cologne. Also, we went to Munich. We went to Munich, and um, and uh, what's the what's the uh, the uh, artist's name who uh, has a he has a, a building in New York? Um, a visual artist or a... no, a sound artist. No, 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 John, electronic. John, John Cage or um, not Cage um, of that ilk. Uh, Lamont Young. Lamont, Lamont Young. Young. Yeah. He had a he had a sound room in Schwabing, where the university is in Munich. Yep. Yep. There was a room there, and I sat in the middle of this room, so the speakers on four sides of the room, and you were able to get these overtones, which I thought was a, a fantastic thing to be involved in. You know. Um, do you, Do you think like the mixture of avant garde, like art and pop music, were, were working in unison? in Germany quite differently than you'd previously seen in New York or America? Was this was this mixture of mediums something that was new and fresh to you? Well, everything that about um, my experience in Germany was um, a, di- a completely different um, vibe than I had in New York. Um, I didn't know anything about the pop scene. I used to see a lot of people in New York. I used to, and also in Boston. I used to go to places like, uh, to hear jazz a lot, in Boston, um, the jazz workshop in Boston, I used to go to right. Sunday Sunday mats. So was that free? Uh, was that like free jazz? Was that would would that have been people like Art Ensemble well, of Chicago well, or Don Cherry or people? Uh, like that? The people I saw so Rasan, Roland Kirk at the jazz workshop. Uh, yeah, I saw um, um, Miles in New York. I used to go to hear um, Mingus. Frank Foster played in later days when I used to see him play his band. The connotations. Of, of uh, free jazz and and pop and and uh, all of this, all this stuff. It means uh, it never it means all any, the same thing. You mean? It yeah. never made any sense to me. I like uh, you know the Carmina Burana to. Um, There's no difference to uh, Can you know so free jazz. Uh, you no, know, like uh, people like um, Arnett and uh, Don Cherry and Blackwell. Uh, Charlie Hayden and that group, you know. Yeah, Jazz Composers Orchestra. Yeah, they, these these are musicians. That's all. I, you know, that's all I could think. But people need to have this wording, this uh, pigeonholing. Yeah, the uh, ja- different types of genres. Thing. Genre. Yeah, genre. That's right. They they, they have to because uh, I just heard um, one of David Bowie's pieces. God bless him. And they call it a jazz record, jazz thing. You know. I think if they just leave that off of it, they, I think I think it was interesting music, good music. But I don't think the people don't care. I guess what what he what name it came under.
Yeah. You know? Well, it's not particularly progressive to pigeonhole music anyway, really, is it? I think. Yeah, I don't think so. I, 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 don't think so. I guess at one point that I, I always make about Krautrock was, was it was it was day one. They were almost trying to re reinvent their history. So it was almost like Adam, yeah, Adam and yeah. Eve, like nothing had happened okay. before. So, um, Malcolm, we were just saying earlier on, we were talking about Krautrock. It's a, a, a term that I don't really like. Are, are you... I don't either. And I... I'm not particular about the term. I think there's some good musicians, and I don't know what. Well, that's label stuff, you know. People got to label stuff all the time. You know? I mean, would we... I've been la- I've been labeled. Yeah, yeah. Did you did know? people consider kraut rock as an offensive term back in the day? They didn't. When I back in, when I was playing with Ken, I never even heard the term. Mm, yeah, right. right. If it's called kraut rock, I must be the sausage. Can I just ask you about the the far-reaching influence of uh, the band Can? You know, it, it's it influenced generation after generations of musicians. Are you surprised by that, or do you realise when you were first starting out that you were breaking new ground? Did you think it would last as long as this? Your 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 you know your music, your legacy. Um. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I, answered. <laughs> well answered. <laughs> okay, let's move on. But, you know, I mean, you must be reminded of it daily by you. Must people must come up to you all the time? You know, after all of these years. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised actually. I'm, I'm surprised, um, uh, happily surprised. But I mean, it, it um, you know, it, it, it's a pleasure that that they remember. You know, I mean, or, and actually, not only did they, not only that the people that my age, who uh, from Germany, et cetera, who remember, but um, the young people here are, are, are getting mm-hmm. more interested in the in the music. I had been visiting a friend a friend of mine in Berkeley, and um, I asked her, "Could is there a music store in town?" And so she said, "Yeah." Oh, so we went to Amoeba Records, and I was looking in the aisles, you know, and I started finding a lot of Can records. So I said, I went up to the desk. I said, "Do you give uh, discounts to you know artists that are on these records?" And Mark Weinstein said, "Malcolm Mooney." Mm. And uh, he said, "Would you play with us at some time?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, yeah sure. Well, you know, I'll, you know, I'll think about it." Their group was called Pluto. I started working with them, but apparently there was a group in either Portland or Washington State named another band named Pluto, which was under contract. I had a cease and desist order for Pluto in San Francisco. Right. <laughs> and at that time, I think there's a news article out about Pluto is no longer a planet. You know. 
it's a, you know, it's a gaseous state of some kind of nonsense. So that was the ninth planet. So I said, well, we be, we'll, we'll become the tenth planet. And that's how that started to go. Right. right. Mm. And, and then there's an eleventh planet in New York. We all played. We played in New York. And uh, I think I made the same some statement on radio up here in Calgary. I said, well, you know, there's the eleventh and there's the tenth, and we should get the twelfth planet up here in Calgary. I haven't been that influential in telling them this is the twelfth planet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you need you need you need the UK fa- the UK faction now. We, it would be good. Uh, I remember playing with those guys up there. We had some incredible gigs, didn't we, in Manchester and London, doing yeah. doing the entire album of uh, of, of Monster mm. Movie with uh, the, the guys from Newcastle and Graham Graham Massey from. Sounds like Tool a great Show. night out to me. Oh, it, yeah. was, it was it was incredible. I mean, it might be that us old guys. Maybe they say, well, he ain't going to be around for too long. It might, it might have something to do with your appearance in the Fat Boys video, though, Malcolm. That, that, was, <laughs> that was far-reaching. What happened there? How, how, did, how on earth did you get dragged into that? <laughs> well, both the, both of the managers of the Fat Boys, Charlie Stedler and Linda West, they're, they're good friends. I went to school with Linda. And so she said, wait, well, Malcolm, you want to... Be in the Fat Boy video, <laughs> and I said, because yeah, I also had seen him out in Los Angeles a couple of times. They said, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? You know, so while I was in New York, I um, think it was recorded uh, where the uh, Lucille Ball show was recorded. Okay. And I remember, I remember that day because we were standing outside as the uh, entourage of the uh, Fat Boys rolled up, <laughs> and. Uh, it was quite interesting to be on a set to do something. And the interesting thing for me about it was that, you know, I did my did my bit, whatever I was supposed to do. But to see the day, I mean, the choreography and the dances, and then Chubby oh, yeah. Checker shows up, you know. And oh then, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I thought that was uh, a young Andy oh. Votel was watching that every second of that video, oh, time God. after time that... after time. Oh God, before I'd oh, even the, heard oh, it, can yeah, yeah. Well, well, the funny part about that for me was that I was in uh, in the Germany of Belgium and. Uh, my 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 cousin was living there, and I was visiting, and I had not seen the video. I had not seen it, and then I was in, at his house, and I was uh, you know watching television, and all of a sudden that came on the scene, man. And I said, "Oh no, <laughs> this, this, I can't believe it!" After all these days, after the recording, and everything. Now I finally see it in, in Europe, you mm, know. Mm, mm. So so that was kind of interesting. We were talking that. about your long illustrious career. If you could. If you listen, if you listen back to all of your your material, what is the one key track out of all that 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 can material that stands out for you? What is the one that you thought this is an important record? Uh, okay, I think right time. Right time is part. Right time is part of the um, thirty three tracks we did in nineteen eighty six. And and that um, and that was all. Was that were you at Mickey Caroli's house or where, where was this? Where was this all put together? Yeah, it was in uh, Mickey's house. Mickey down in the south of France. Right. Um, at uh, Outer Space Studios. Outer and, Space. Um, so that was the yeah, follow-up to Inner Space. Yeah, I think that's how they labelled that. Let's play something else by uh, an artist composer that we played a little earlier, uh, Dave Tack. Uh, this is a, a collaboration, uh, Dave, a remarkable uh, composer and artist from Hanover, and this is your collaboration. Does anybody here know Rip Van Winkle? Oh, Rip Van Winkle, exclaimed two or three. Oh, to be sure, that's Rip Van Winkle yonder, leaning against the tree. 
Rip looked and beheld the precise counterpart of himself as he went up the mountain, apparently as lazy and certainly as ragged. The poor fellow was now completely confounded. He doubted his own identity and whether he was himself another man. I was myself last night, but I fell asleep out on the mountain. The bystanders began now to look at each other, nod, wink significantly, and tap their fingers against their foreheads. At this critical moment, a fresh, calmly woman pressed through the throng to get a peep at the gray-bearded man. She had a chubby child in her arms, which frightened his looks, began to cry. Hush, Rip, cried she. The old man won't hurt you. The name of the child, the air of the mother, the tone of her voice, all awakened a train of recollections in his mind. What is your name, my good woman, asked he. Judith Gardenier. And your father's name? Oh, poor man, Rip Van Winkle was his name. But it's twenty years since he went away from home with his gun. His dog came home without him. But whether he shot himself or was carried away by the Indians, nobody can tell. I was then but a little girl. Rip had but one question more to ask, but he put it with a faltering voice. Where's your mother? Oh, she too had died but a short time since. She broke a blood vessel in a fit of passion at a New England peddler. There was a drop of comfort, at least in this intelligence. The honest man could contain himself no longer. He caught his daughter and her child in his arms. I'm your father, cried he. Young Rip Van Winkle once, old Rip Van Winkle now. Does nobody know poor Rip Van Winkle? What What were your memories of working with Dave Tyack? A uh, pleasure. A pleasure. A uh, pleasure meeting him. Um, and he introduced us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure working with them. I, I, I listened to this track now. You know, um, I d- didn't realize until about um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the musical part of the first part of the, of the Rip Van Winkle record. You know, the uh, the um, instrumental section of the record, which I think is fantastic. I like what he did. I've been listening to that uh, for the last couple of days. Actually. Oh, well, not, 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 right. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I I was very lost when I heard that he had disappeared, mm. uh, and uh, you know, because you like to work with somebody else again sometimes, you know, um, and then uh, for him to be gone, it's um, yeah, it, it was know, but, it was ironic that he, he went missing in he, he disappeared in such a Rip Van Winkle style fashion as so, well. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Which is which? What, what year did we do that that album? Two thousand two. Right. Mm. So you know, you think about. I think about. It, I say, oh man, maybe I should do a Dave Tiak um, memorial track or something. Mm. Yeah. Something. 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 To say hello to Dave. But maybe that's that's 2002. So Rip Van Winkle slept for how long? I don't know. I think a hundred yeah, years. A hundred years was it? No, it wasn't a hundred oh, years. Well, I won't be 20. around then. But maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Dave. Will, Dave's spirit shows up again. You know. I don't. The, the um, Moonies. The Moonies are strong. They are, they they live to ripe old ages. M- Malcolm's <laughs> Malcolm's mum's still going strong in Yonkers, isn't there she? There you go. Yeah. Yep. No, it's good. The uh, I just spoke to her yesterday. It's good. Nice talking with her. She has a mm. crazy sense of humour. So she said to me some years ago. She said, "Oh yeah, Malcolm, I don't worry about me. You know." She says, "This model has an expiration date." You know. I said, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> I said, "Okay, dear. Okay, well, you know." But hard sometimes to think about it. But you know. She says, if, I told her the other day, I said, I'm going to Los Angeles and I'm going to, I'm going to Oakland to do two, two, uh, two gigs. She says, ah, oh, keep going as long as you can. And I said, okay. That's true. That's true. Good piece of advice from mum, that. Yeah. 
She's beautiful, amazing. Which which brings us nicely onto you do right, Malcolm. did you do right in uh, in Miami Beach uh, I did a voice over my own voice uh, uh, Millie Vanilli plus two thing you know um, <laughs> I, I, it was kind of it's a lot of uh, white columns there's an album out on white columns uh, called uh, Malcolm Mooney's it's W006 wow and, okay and um, and it's uh, it's um, uh, I think you I think you would enjoy uh, do you have a copy of that no I don't send you a copy I'll send you a copy. My friend Rick um, Myers, who lives in Western Massachusetts, he also displays his stuff at White Columns Gallery. So I think you know. But in, does he? Yeah, oh, that's that's our oh. spiritual home in New York. I think by the sounds of it. Yeah, he's, well, Matthew Higgs and 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 this their staff there, Aaron and and Christina, and, but that crew there in New York, they're wonderful. They're they they've been a big plus in my life in terms of uh, career. But they did an album with uh, with me, and um, and uh, then. Um, the album was um, called Malcolm Mooney. I did I did twenty, the drawing. I did actually I did paintings on covers. They, they 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 run they run a little expensive, but they were twenty individual paintings I did for, for the twenty for twenty covers, and then they they produced a, 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 a another I mean the same series with uh, you know they had printed covers the same, but white columns it was myself and uh, Luis Tovar. On percussion and Alex Marcello on keyboard. I mean, if you, if they, anyway. But you do right. You do right. Um, Was this based on a postcard from back from New York to um, to Germany? Has, you want the truth or the lie? Give <laughs> us both, and we'll we'll pick the most entertaining one. That's how politics works. <laughs> well, it was a letter. Yes, it was a letter from someone, and I composed that idea. And you do right. Based on what they had written me, but no, it's it's it, that was that was what happened. That's the that's the the whole truth and the truth. So help me God. Okay. Right then, Mal. Yeah. Well, it's 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 Friday night here, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna get moving. I'm gonna go back and see the kids, and me and me and Pete are gonna tell wind them hello up. for me. I tell will do. Hello. Yeah, but tell them Malk says hello. You know, mm. oh, you're the only person that ever writes Malk. You know. Really? Oh, yeah. that's quite sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. Oh, no, I think it's. I got I have people that write to me without the second L, and they write to me, you know, uh, M A L C O M E. If I'm so, not, if I'm nothing else, I'm consistently over familiar. <laughs> well, that's, 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 well, good luck with the uh, the new sh- the the the, the, uh, the new projects and the the shows you're doing, Malcolm. And uh, great to meet you over the phone here, over the uh, it's a pleasure airways here. This is the man yeah, who's put the pleasure. can into Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Put the can to Canada, <laughs> put the can to Canada. Uh, Malcolm Moody, thank you for joining us on the show. 
Thanks, Mark. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. From global glam to failed pop, this is the Finders Keepers radio show. Well, next up, one of my favourite bands, one of my favourite kraut rock records, Mm. uh, Cluster with Zookasite, bringing together three, I guess, linchpins of... I guess the uh, the crowd rock scene. Dieter Mobius, mm. Hans Joachim, and produced by Michael Ruffer of Noi. Oh. Uh, this is the track Hollywood.
Mickle Rother produced that record. He went to a boarding school in Wilmslow. Did he really? Yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. I saw a documentary once and he was going about living by the River Danube yeah. and then this other river, which might have been what famous river in <laughs> Germany. And then he said he also... And the River Bolling, yeah. at which point I had to go, whoa, what now? Did Craftwork um, talk about the River Bolling as well? Was it the same documentary we've been watching here? Yeah, Mickle Rother was in Craftwork. Mm. Oh, for, right. Well, for a short time, oh, okay. he sort of yeah. st- stood in. I saw the same documentary. So, uh, yeah, River Bolling. Mm. If you live near the Keeper's Cottage, it's probably a, a stone still away. <laughs> that's half giving our location away. Half that's fine. A, that's a red herring, isn't it? Half is enough. I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I, this has inspired me to go on a, a little, have a little bit of a, a, a sort of micro genre. A micro genre? To discuss a micro genre, yeah. I'm going to play a favourite all time obscure crowd rock record right. now. Yeah. From Altrincham. <laughs> right.
again, everyone. This is the Finest Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside. I'm Pete Mitchell with uh, Andy Votel. And that was, uh, you, you opened that record with a, what I could only describe as a misnomer, Krautrock from Ultragum. Is that correct, what you just said there? It's a thing. That's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. That's a thing. It's a thing. You know, right, this is, you see, you get all your, your Krautrock guys, like your Noise and your Cans and your Craftworks, your Hammond Dulls and right. all that, you know, and mm. then you sort of, like, they're your big gatefold albums on your major labels. And then there's all these little weird singles, you know. Branches off everywhere. There's bands like Geronimo and JC Heavy and this band I Drive and they're just these weird little singles or very rare albums and you, you try and get a bit of history on them and then you find out that they're actually all wrapped up in that sort of like Brits going over to Hamburg, mm-hmm. couldn't really get anything working in the UK, so they go over there and release records in on German labels. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, ah, now all these bands are still in the record. I mm. mean, I've got the Cosmiche price guide right in front of me. I drive album 300 quid. Well, wow. euros, maybe. Yeah. But they're from Altrincham. Right. And JC Heavy, who I guess we should play now as mm. part of this little segment. From uh, Stockport and Salford, JC right. Heavy only released two singles in Germany on the Bellafon label, which was the home of Brain Ticket and all these other amazing crowd luminaries. Neil Levine, the guy in this next band, JC Heavy, was Lol Cream's cousin or Kevin. Sounds Cogles about right, yeah. Cousin, Does sound know. about right. L- a later, a lighting manager for 10CC on mm. the road, but in the what is it, the Mockingbirds? Yes, Graham's first band. The he was in, he was in he was in like the Sabres or the Mockingbirds or one of them t- two well, early yeah. early sort of ten CC related bands. But after that, he sounded a bit like this.
dramatic end. And I was saying whilst we were playing that, uh, reminiscent of uh, Brian Auger Trinity and Absolutely. Julie Driscoll and all of that kind of, uh, you know... Absolutely, ...club yeah. thing of the yeah. uh, mid-60s. Could, couldn't it? be closer to, yeah, the, uh, it to is. the truth, really. I, I would be surprised if they weren't influenced by... Uh, the lady that became known as Julie Tippett. And you said um, that has a stopport angle, which uh, something as good as that, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a miracle. Stockport's finest Krautrock record. Right. And I'm just looking in the uh, Cosmic Price Guide right now to see if JC Heavy are in there, and I can't really find anything. Oh, oh no, there's, there's a picture of it. Um, oh, I'll get back to you later. Yeah, JC Heavy, and then from Alteringham, I Drive. Hmm. Very strange, strange name for a band, that. I Drive. Yeah, it's kind of that kind of thing. I think they're showing off to girls, maybe. <laughs> Is this you going back to your teenage yeah, years again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I drive. Yeah. I drive, got my old car. It's nearly paid for. Awesome. <laughs> and then JC Heavy with the with the official 10cc connection. Yeah. Right, but good. never released in the good. UK. Only released on German labels, but only played at German gigs. So mm. that was what the... Uh, yeah, that's what the Hamburg connection... The thing is, uh, I was just thinking when it was playing that they're not German language, though, and then I was thinking, but what kraut rock is German language? Mm. I mean... Uh, um, if you look at uh, most, like, most of the thing, everything sung in English generally. Most, most well, of it. The thing is, it's like, well, can was it if if, if Damo Suzuki wasn't singing in a made-up weird sort of mixed Japanese made-up uh, words, made-up words thing. Malcolm was very American, very English language. Embryo sang in English, so uh, Amandul, mm. uh, Amandul too, especially just wanted to be like a sort of Hawkwind style thing, so that was English. But and here's another quirk: what if you go to East Germany? No one was singing English language over mm, there. Right. DDR is DDR music. Classed as kraut rock. Well, it isn't, I right, guess. Right. East German rock. But. Have you had conversations with people from East Germany about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they agree that. Uh, well, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because it did kraut... sort of spread over the wall. I don't know if kraut rock was really a scene at the time. I don't know if it was mm. something that sort of came about as a right. re- retrospectively. But, yeah. I mean, do you want to listen to some, some DDR? Rock DDR to compare style. and contrast. Maybe let's give it a go. You won't. You won't hear an English uh, an English word much as well. Right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Here we are getting on down at the keeper's cottage. I was saying while we were talking about that, uh, of, of a similar view as of the one of those records you played beforehand, there's a, there's a kind of a style and a dynamic to it which led to be believable. What were they listening to then over the uh, in East Germany at the time? Is it James Brown? Is it a mixture of jazz? Uh, what is it? I don't know. You, you're probably in the closest proximity to a West German or Western Europe radio transmitter. Mm, maybe, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I wonder if... Is it an East AFN, German. American Forces Network? Or Possibly. One of those East things. Germany had the best bet, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, I love that idea of taking Joy Division tracks off... Uh, off uh, the West Germany, um, West Germany stations, and then taking it over to Poland and pressing them up onto um, any piece of plastic they could get their hand on. What was that story? And, uh, give me a bit more background to that. You repeat yourself again. There, what was that? I love that story about um, East Germans. I love that story about people in Eastern Europe getting Joy Division tracks off the West German transmitters right. and taking them back to Poland. Just recording them on an, yeah. on anything. And cutting them onto any type of plastic you can possibly get. Right. Uh, and that resulted in people pressing onto X-rays. Right. Like flexi discs. So really? you get all these Joy Division flexi discs that are pressed onto old hospital X-rays. Uh, worth a fortune, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. People think. I think people used to think it was like a done on purpose, but it's just a fluke, you know, because uh. they'd cut them onto the top of ice cream lids and stuff like that. And it's don't like, get this on the BBC, do you? you don't, do you? No, no. no. You don't. no um, I don't think so. That uh, band was called Panta Ray. Which is, what is Panta Ray? I know, there's loads of bands called Panta Ray. I think there's like a Hungarian band called Is it a phrase Panta... or something? Is it a, a phrase? I, I thought it was a Latin thing, but I think it's to do with a the philosopher. There's a Swedish band called Panta Ray as well. It gets confusing, mm. doesn't it? Because you were saying that it, it, it means, you said something like everything flows or something like that is... is the, yeah, I don't know much about it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah let's not pretend yeah, we do. Some, some but ancient, in Latin... It, I don't know. God is knows. it Greek, Latin? I don't know. But everything flows. Answers on a postcard. Please. A postcard which you can play on a record. Yeah, to the finder's Polish keeper's postcard, cottage somewhere in the English countryside. Right, do you think it would yeah. ever get to us if somebody's posted a letter that said, uh, to uh, my favourite DJs, Pete and Andy, at the keeper's cottage somewhere in the English countryside? Possibly. It's like sending a card to Santa Claus at Christmas, isn't it? My mate Dom sent me a postcard once and it said, to Andy Votel in... Side. And uh, it arrived. Did it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So there you go. Um, Stop. Not a not a, no not not a word of English on that record though. Since we, since I mentioned it earlier, there is quite a lot of Western Krautrock records which are in the the German language. Yeah, but in the, in the great scheme of things, there's considerably less. Yeah. than... Uh, I mean, yeah. obviously, to to get your record away, you'd have to sing in English or uh, English American or whatever they call it. Wouldn't yeah, you? exactly. Which uh, is something you don't really you, you prefer. You know, foreign language records generally, don't you? Anyway, I would. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Depends how funny the pigeon English is. That can you right. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah, quite that's, good. That's nice quirk, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Those JC Heavy records that we played before, they mm. are in the in the collector's price guide here. Mister Deal, ten euros, and Do What You Like, which is a bit rarer, ten euros, but. I sold one of them at Utrecht for eighty euros recently, so okay. it's a bit out of, out of date here. And if yeah. anybody's listening who goes to Utrecht, go and say hello to Andy. You're there. Okay. You're always there, aren't you? There. Obviously, you only you flew in and flew out this 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 time. With the stall, me and Doug and everyone else. Yeah. Uh, I know you always ask me to go, and I go. Oh, Come with April and November. It just seems like you sell records and drink all weekend. Is that all you do? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Should we take a, a drive down to uh, Dusseldorf? Uh, uh, yeah, can I thumb a lift? Yeah, you can do. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Here we are at the Keeper's Cottage. This is our um, loosely uh, described uh, the show as uh, Kraut Rock. That is very prog rock, and it has that kind of uh, almost hypnotic thing going on. Yeah, that's doesn't it? That's the thing, isn't it? It's like a, your archetypal yeah. sort of metronomic kraut rock sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which uh, you know, uh, with the candles on at late at night, you'd be just somewhere else yeah. with that thing, wouldn't you? Of course you would. And a nice glass of vino. Yeah, it's a Dusseldorf sound as, as well. I think. You know? Is it? Yeah, La Dusseldorf. Somebody said L.A. Dusseldorf the other day. I don't know whether the band's called La Dusseldorf or L.A. Dusseldorf right. anymore. L.A. Dusseldorf doesn't sound right. No, La Dusseldorf. Yeah, that doesn't sound right either. Really? Does, oh does it? I don't, I don't know. know. I need to do my homework on that front. But that wasn't wasn't L.A. Dusseldorf. But they were from Dusseldorf. They were called Street Mark, and that's called Passage. It's a, it's a favourite. It's good driving music, I find. Yeah. Um, Another one of those records that had a slight ambient quality to it. Yeah. Well, this label... Yeah, which is interesting, isn't it? Because it's nothing for the... Hang on, it's prog rock and it's ambient. It can't possibly be. But the two things seem to blend. And, uh, you know, isn't it? Is it just the repetition going on? Is that hypnotic thing going on? Tangerine Dream. Are they yeah. The kings, yeah. aren't they? Well, indeed. So, that, yeah. that, you know, so, it, yeah. It's, uh, Maybe... Uh, German institutions. The inventors of uh, ambient. Although yeah. I think people well, claim that back to the 50s and 60s. 
Oh God, yeah. I mean, you know, the concrete guys and all them mm-hmm. sort of electroacoustic early guys will claim claim that. But a lot of the new age guys were looking to like if you look at Laraji from the states and Emerald Webb and Suzanne Chiani, they were all looking to Tangerine Dream. Mm. Uh, Suzanne Chiani couldn't get a deal in the states, and she no, came. She told us on our yeah. Christmas special, if you tune, if you listen yeah. to that. So she came to to Germany to try and find a deal mm. because of because of Tangerine Dream, and mm. then eventually ended up in Japan. Where they understood yeah, the electronic. Tendering Dream, uh, Richard Branson's first signing God on the Virgin label, am I just making that up? Maybe you're making that up. Oh, I don't know. No. Yeah. But talking of labels, Sky, which is a street mark, uh, as we just heard, was signed to. Now, that's a great a great well of late 70s German music. We know when the, when the world, especially Germany, had really taken on glam and disco, this label Sky were doing some of the best experimental, you mm. know, domestic synthesizer music. And, uh, yeah, maybe we should play something else from that stable. Yeah, it's sounding good. Yeah, okay, let's 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 check more Sky stuff out. I, 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 we've always said at Finders Keepers we should do a Sky compilation. So uh, this just might yeah. trigger the whole project yeah, off. Maybe, maybe.
I think we've certainly uh, hit a, a rich vein. I, I, the image I get now of somebody listening to it is probably a late night somewhere in a block of flats right in the middle of Moscow or Berlin. Somebody will be listening in that, won't they, late, listening yeah. to that? That's uh, more like a sort of futuristic massage parlour for me, though. I think it's got like a <laughs> nice sort of like... Yeah, I, think it, I think the rallying call here is that you should go off and do a Sky compilation, of it, especially the last couple of tracks, which I've really enjoyed. And maybe because we're in semi-darkness here with the lights on, it kind of fits our mood, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I, I drooled a bit then, a little bit. It was a little bit. Came. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, you know, to be fair to our listeners, it's not been the liveliest performance by us both. But this is a new year because the last couple of shows have been much frivolity. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, we had to. And you, you put, of, yeah, you put yeah. a stop. You didn't want fun anymore, did yeah, you? No more fun. Yeah, exactly, no more yeah, fun in yeah, uh, 2016. Yeah, yeah. So we went to the European capital of no fun. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Sky, we have to do it. The guy Gunter Korber is like a bit of a godfather of the whole kraut rock scene because he used to run all, which is an early kraut rock label. And then he went to Mastermind Brain Records, which are like arguably the biggest kraut rock label. And then he left them and set up Sky. Mm. So three the three stages of kraut rock really. He was present at each one. So yeah, Gunter Gunter Corbett. Well, the silver boy on the cover. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, yeah. See this. I'll all, I've always Some got body a, paint. I've always got a soft spot for this because he's called Harold Groskopf. Now, his first name, Harold, is spelt with two A's, so it's more like an Harold. Uh, Harold. Harold. And then. Grosskopf means big head. Does so, it really? I think a so. Big yeah. head. Grosskopf. Yeah. <laughs> Silver big head. Yeah, yeah. So Harold Big Head. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that that could be the name of the compilation on. Uh, yeah. On Finders Keepers. I, I've soon. got. I think that's just been reissued, actually. But um, so yeah, if you see a record with a big silver face on and it's by Harold. That's the Grosk, one. Big Ed. That's the easy man. So yeah, yeah. So that brings our little sky uh, little trip through the sky to uh, to to the end. We have reached the the end of our Kraut Rock special. Yeah, we've got time for one more. Do you reckon? What would I you like? Uh, we've got time for one more. I, I reckon we should... Um, we, we've been talking about it, but we've not actually sort of touched on it properly. How about some German library music? Mm. German library. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's never really considered Kraut Rock, but then it's got all the credentials. And the principal characters from a lot of awesome Kraut Rock bands as well. Yeah. Mm. It, are, mm. are, we, are we talking, like, Klaus Weiss from the band Niagara? Yes, of course. Well done. Is it combined measures? You're too good. Hit it!